great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? It is a really cool thing when we get texts or DMs asking, where is Shout? Where is Shout? Well, here's the thing. We wanted to let all of the dust settle, all of the smoke clear. Ryan Talbot was hoofing it back from Arizona today, so we had to wait for a late-night episode. I snuck in a fantasy draft really quick and now we are live with shout a buffalo bills football podcast to bring you all of our takes and thoughts on the last 24 36 hours the bills 53 man roster is now official for the most part we'll get into all of the moves and who knows there might be a, a move here and here, here or there that happens over the next few weeks but um for the most part we got one to sink our teeth into and speaking of you know enjoying yourself because you're all going to enjoy yourself on the show tonight pair your favorite craft beer with your favorite craft burger pair delicious craft burgers with delicious craft beers at tops uh tops has the perfect burger and beer pairing guide whether you're soaking up the final days of summer or grilling out before the football game tops has something for everyone the Cobb salad burger with a wheat beer the Monster Munster Burger with a Belgian Pal Al. How about the Pizza Turkey Burger with an Amber Al or the Blue Cheese Chipotle Burger with a Brown Al? Go over to TopsMarkets.com backslash burgers and beer. Find your perfect combination. What is up, Ryan? Hey, not too much. Flew in uh, early this morning and we, we fly out of Cleveland. So then we had a fun three-hour drive home. So uh, happy to be back, though. Happy to be in my little... Uh, corner here with my backdrop, my normal backdrop, but great family vacation nonetheless. Seriously, I was kind of getting, um, kind of getting used to you in the corner in the closet. Which <laughs> it's good to have you back in the studio. You're looking good. You're looking fresh. Uh, I like it. So let's not waste any more time, man. Let's get right into this thing. And I want to talk about like maybe the biggest surprise that you know from the initial 53 where we kind of got here over the last 24 hours. Now the practice squad is set a couple of moves that have been made since today's uh, waiver deadline. And, you know, David Questenberry was somebody that I, I had on my 53 man roster. He ends up getting cut by the bills signs to the 53 man with the Minnesota Vikings, which is an interesting development. Um, Questenberry to me was going to make the team because I thought they would address depth tackle on the other side of cuts. And that's technically what they did, Ryan. I mean, bringing in Jermaine Effetti, uh, former first round pick in 2016, he was cut by the Detroit Lions after a ho hum summer. And, uh, you know, Brandon Bean talked about what they're getting in this player. I'm really excited about the player, number one. And I think it answers that question. It gives you a depth. Uh, tackle and actually perfect fit. Ryan Vandermark, he's more comfortable on the left side. They see a Fetty at right tackle. And, and Brandon Bean, when he was talking about explaining what he likes so much about him, he's like, well, when you watch him on tape, sometimes maybe he'll lose a rep. 
but he stays in the rep and he stays in the fight. Sometimes it'll take three or four seconds for a defensive end to really get a, get the guy off of his mark. And, you know, this is a guy that has some pedigree, has a lot of experience under his belt, and I think becomes a really nice piece now on the final 53 here. Yeah, listen, if Eddie has over 82 starts in his career in the NFL, most of them coming with his first stint early on with the Seattle Seahawks, and he has bounced around the league a bit, but he's a large tackle, uh, I think 6'4", 330-plus pounds, uh, definitely looks the part, has the experience that this team likes and covets when it comes to that swing tackle reserve type of role. And, you know, you mentioned it, Ryan Vandermark, for as great as his summer was and as much as he earned a roster spot, he was much more comfortable at left tackle than he ever was at right tackle. And then you look at Alec Anderson, who was the other kind of uh, the last offensive lineman kind of uh, standing, I guess, on, on that 53-man roster. He can play tackle, but he's been kicked inside more this summer, and he's, he's excelled on the inside. So now you take this glaring weakness after getting rid of Questenberry and you address it with a guy that uh, in F Eddie that is very comfortable at right tackle. I think it's a smart move and a smart signing for the bills. And it's like a two pronged attack. Like it gives you like that depth player, but also gives you a pivot plan in case Spencer Brown struggles over the course of the first month of the season. Like you have no time to waste. You are in a super bowl window you have to compete in a really tough afc east afc this gives you an option for a guy that he's played a lot of snaps in this league now um the offensive line i want to stay there uh and talk about alec anderson who we were mentioning you were probably one of the first on that train i remember talking when i was going over my 53 man roster projection you're like man i'm hearing that alec anderson is a guy that is probably going to be in the mix in the end and i teetered back and forth trying to find a place to stash him and i should have just had them Tell Reed Ferguson to wait in the parking lot, which is what exactly what they did. Allowed them to keep um, Alec Anderson on the roster. He could play all five spots. They end up uh, after the fact putting Balin Specter and Justin Shorter, both with hamstring injuries on IR. Shorter to me is like the Marquez Stevenson plan, right? Like you put him on IR. He probably had a little bit of a tweak, and then you kind of say, "All right, it's a it's a, a sit and watch rookie season." Uh, for Spectre, they probably hope to get him back at some point, but this allows you to bring a couple pieces back in, uh, a la, um, you know, the, the, the Effetti signing. Yeah, I really like Alec Anderson. I liked him last year. Didn't think he was ready for the 53-man roster last year, but he did some good things over the summer with the Bills. He showed that he was worth developing and kind of keeping on this roster. And sure enough, just like with Van DeMarc after the Bills were able to get him from the Colts, they spent a whole offseason or a whole season last year with them on the practice squad, building them up, working on their development. And now here in like year two of the system, they're making this roster. So one, it's it's an encouraging sign seeing the growth of Alec Anderson and Van DeMarc. It's an encouraging sign for the Richard Garage uh, of the world. You know, the, a guy who just joined the practice squad today, for instance, that we saw flashes of this summer. It's a good thing to see that this team can develop this young talent and really have them competing uh, for a role in this offense going forward, maybe the next year with the case of Garage and like we saw with Anderson uh, and Vandemark this year. You know, the, the Boogie Basham trade was something that people were talking about for, you know, throughout the summer. Like it really came down to who you thought the Bills would pivot off of because it's just going to be a numbers game. When Von Miller gets back, if you think about from a rotational perspective and then hearing Brandon Bean talk about the decision, and we'll get into that in a minute, you knew that like 
something had to be done about the numbers game. And, you know, I thought um, the biggest surprise for me with the boogie deal was that they got so little in return, a 2025 pick swap. I mean, you're, you're basically saying that there just was no value for a guy that you drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. And, you know, the bills just decided to move on. And I get what Brandon Bean was saying. I mean, when you bring in a Leonard Floyd, that completely completely changes the complexion of a group. You know, I was talking to Shaq Lawson in his locker today about Kingsley Jonathan and, you know, just about the boogie trade in general, just to get his as a vet, like some of the, the feedback. He's like, I've never been in a room like this with this many former first and second round picks. It's just, it's an unbelievable collection of talent that was just duking it out all summer. Something had to give. And, you know, Boogie kind of made the most sense in the end. And now it's that like dangerous game. Like the, you know, he, Brandon talked a lot about Wyatt Teller today and like the ghost of trades past. You hope mm-hmm. that Boogie Bash, you hope for him that he does well. But I don't think Brandon Bean wants to see another second round pick go and produce elsewhere. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting that he says, well, when you bring in a guy like Leonard Floyd, these tough decisions are going to take place. You don't bring in a Leonard Floyd or a Von Miller if your young defensive ends are developing and fitting necessarily what you think they're going to become. And uh, listen, Boogie Basham is still very young. He still had two years left on his rookie deal, but uh, he didn't do enough in the given reps that he had when he was on the field. And, and for the Bills, it was clear that he was the odd man out. They liked the motor, especially of Kingsley Jonathan. We heard that a lot today from Brandon Bean and the, the nonstop motor there. So yes, the bills would get peanuts in exchange for Boogie Basham, a sixth round pick trading away Basham and a seventh round pick. Um, you pretty much just wipe him off the books, but I, I suppose it is better than nothing at the end of the day when you were going to get rid of this guy, regardless of what uh, Bean said today. I don't, I don't see the bills keeping him when they are already going to have Von Miller when he comes off of the pup list here in a few weeks, uh, when you already have Leonard Floyd, Greg Russo, AJ Epineza, who kind of was the other man that was drawing interest on the trade market, and then a Kingsley Jonathan as well. Um, you know, I think it's it's a situation too. Let, well, let's get into Kingsley Jonathan for a second before we move too far along. You know, this is a guy that I had making the team, I think on my 53-man roster a couple months ago. And people kind of like, Kingsley Jonathan in this room? You could feel it when they talk about him in the building. And, yeah. you know, there's just a different level of, um, I don't know, f- f- you keep making that sound in the background. There's a little water, a little water bottle there. This is, I don't know, my wife might be doing something out in the kitchen, too, that's making a lot of noise. Who knows? All right. It sounded like uh, one of maybe your animals was getting into something (laughs) under the desk or something, a little little background noise. Um, No, I I, I think that um, Kingsley Jonathan, when you watch him play, it doesn't look like they have another young version of that player in their room, right? It looks different than AJ Epinesa. It looked different than Boogie. It even looks different. Even though Greg Rousseau is your best young piece, it looks different when Jonathan is rushing the passer. I mean, this explosiveness and, and getting a chance to talk to him, like the extensive basketball background, he said something interesting today and I'm I'm writing about him for tomorrow. Um, and, and he said when he goes out to rush the passer, sure, that he still has to develop a lot of his pass rush moves, but he goes out there with a mindset like, I'm just playing basketball, right? Like, and, and look, if you think about it, a really good athletic basketball player, 
you can use a lot of those skills as a wide receiver, but also as a pass rusher, when you got to quickly get on a guy and then quickly shift and move around the guy, because Kingsley Jonathan isn't a huge uh, defensive lineman. You see that skill set in him. And I think the bills saw that. And, and Brandon B mentioned, this is a cheaper version of the player moving off of boogie and now having this UDFA in year two. Yeah, cheaper version. Uh, you like the contract. You like the terms. You like the fact that you've seen such strong development out of him. Another case of a player that last year they actually lost in waiver claims as the Bears were able to get him back. Showed the, that he could play a little bit against uh, against the Bears when he was called up or elevated in the regular season. So you're happy for him. And, you know, the unorthodox style, the basketball style, we've seen that work once already in Buffalo with Stevie Johnson at wide receiver talking about how getting off the line, he would kind of use those type of moves. It, it might be different for a pass rusher, but it, it's kind of interesting. The footwork, the uh, ability to get around your defender to kind of get them off balance a little bit. Maybe that will be something that uh, Kingsley Jonathan has in his bag uh, when he is put on the field this season. And listen, there's still a very deep defensive end room. Uh, I didn't even mention Shaq Lawson when I was listing off the defensive ends a few minutes ago. So, you know, getting playing time on the field is going to be a whole nother matter for Kingsley Jonathan, but it was clear that the Bills did not want to lose him again. And they probably felt that it would have been deja vu in terms of if we put this guy on waivers, some team is going to come and claim him. One more note on the boogie trade and, you know, hearing the introspection from, from Brandon today, you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, we've spent, you know, a lot of time over the last 48 hours, Bill's Twitter specifically just really putting his day two picks under a microscope. And listen, I think there's some criticism that's worthwhile there. And I think he'd take, a lot of the onus for that on himself, the brunt of it. He always says like, there's nobody that's harder on on him than he is when he makes a, a, a bad draft pick or a draft pick doesn't end up materializing. But when he was trying to like explain the position that he was in going into this season, he's never going. And I respect this a lot. He said he's never going to be in a spot where he protects his own draft picks, right? So don't bring in the Leonard Floyd because I want to protect Boogie and AJ. I'm going to bring in the Floyd, and if I have to cut bait with one of those guys, so be it. It's just going to have to be the way it is. And I think that's why he's built such a consistently high-end roster and why they continually compete for championships every year. I know they haven't gotten to the Super Bowl yet, but they're in the mix at the end of the year, every year, you don't do that unless you have a willingness to accept your losses just as much as you're willing to accept your wins. Yeah. And that's important for a GM and Matt, we were talking pre-show uh, Adam Schefter put out a tweet from 2018 till now, minus the COVID year of 2020, that the bills had the most players that have been claimed off of waivers over that period of time. Bills are number one at 16 players getting claimed off of waivers. And in many of those cases, it's been those six, seventh round picks, developmental guys, guys that the Bills have been uh, have been high on, but they just haven't had a roster spot for them. And other teams kind of swoop in and take them because of how strong the Bills roster is. They kind of look at that, uh, the players that the Bills put out every year. And sure enough, there's two or three guys that get taken and get claimed. And, you know, I will say, I think this year, one slipped through the cracks for the better, betterment of the Bills and Jamarcus Ingram. Uh, being able to get him back into the fold. But they, once again, they lost some talented players today because of, of the drafting of Brandon being the talent and, and the eye uh, that this scouting department, this 
front office has when it comes to the draft. So, yes, there have been some swings and misses. No one is denying that. But he's also had quite a few hits over the years, and, and it's a reason why uh, the Bills have this Super Bowl window that they currently do. Yeah, Jamarcus Ingram making it to the practice squad, I think, is a huge win. Um, I, I exchanged a, a message with him today just to let him know, like, dude, there's not a lot of guys that come in as undrafted free agents. And, of course, this is a pro-UB podcast, so the UB guys get always get a little bit of bias. But I said, listen, from start to finish, the versatility, the way that he performed in, on the big stage in the games with your roster spot on the line. I mean, I respect it, man. Like I, I pass it along. I, I dapped up Cam Lewis in the, in the locker room today. I walked over to Shaq Lawson, gave him a little love too. I mean, this, these guys, I mean, you, you forget because we're so in the mix of like our jobs or, you know, being a fan. Like I know a lot of, you know, hardcore bills fans, like you're just into this 365, but these are your people at the end of the day. And they're, they're out there just giving everything they have. And he said, listen, I, I put everything I had into this run and it showed. And now the bills get a player who I almost feel like if you're Brandon being your antsy with him on practice squad, right? Because it's like, you're going to be looking for the first opportunity to get him on the roster. Like even last year when he was completely off of the radar, the bills ended up elevating him, getting into a game, which, you know, I think surprised some people putting him in a spot to see how, if he can handle how big it was. And he always did. So that's a huge development uh, as well. Let's talk about Andy Isabella for a minute, because one of the things, even now, first of all, kudos to the, the man, Ryan Talbot breaking Isabella yesterday with uh, which, what, with what I would argue was the biggest bills uh, report of the day. So kudos, my friend, let's give a little, <laughs> thank you. A little yeah. golf clap. It was a busy day. So again, I was out in Arizona. So uh, I set my alarm to make sure I was up around uh, 4.30 a.m. their time, which would be 7.30 on the East Coast. So it wasn't early where I'm used to being, but definitely very early over there. And I was uh, definitely working the phone. I was doing my best Adam Schefter impersonation, Matt, and it it definitely kind of paid off for sure. Um, The question that people kind of keep Putting into the text line, and if, by the way, if you want to sign up to be a shout insider text line, I mean, everybody in the chat could tell you right now, this thing has been absolutely buzzing the last couple of days. I've been waiting to get a text back, Ryan, for somebody to say, all right, texting <laughs> too much. Dial it back, Perino, okay? I was firing him off today. I think I fired yeah. off 12 or 15. Um, 716 Come on, don't mess up the number, Perino. I know it's late, but come on. 716-528-6727. You'll get a two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. And like I said, I still might give you that month free trial if you DM me or send me an email. But the message that people have been saying is like, okay, Isabella's on the practice squad. He apparently had other offers and decided to stick around in Buffalo because of how well it's gone there this summer. And this isn't a new story. This has happened before with other players on the practice squad that just, you know, you, you get in a situation where you could probably get a greater role somewhere else. But if you do get a chance to get in a game after four years in Arizona, you probably want to have it be for an offense like the Bills. The path, though, to playing for Isabella, it's complicated. The only real fit I see for him on an active roster is is taking over for like a Deontay Hardy if he ends up getting injured. But that's really good insurance to have an Isabella if that ends up being the case. Yeah, I mean, look at this Bills roster last year. They were 
banged up. You had Gabe Davis dealing with an ankle injury. You had Jamison Crowder, who uh, barely played early on due to injury. They were calling in guys like Cole Beasley and John Brown off the streets last year. So while Isabella's path to playing time is likely due to injury, I think there's a shot that's going to happen at some point over a long season. And he has a very similar skill set to Deontay Hardy. Things went very well for him here in Buffalo, like you said, Matt. Um, Brandon Bean talked today about, hey, I mean, he came in pretty quickly and all of a sudden was getting reps with the first team offense. And they put him at gunner. They put him at return. Man, they were trying to find ways to make a case for him to make the roster. And while he did fall a little bit short of the 53, the Bills coveted him. And when they, you know, when they let him go, they let him know, we want you back here if possible. My understanding is he had about seven or eight other offers on the table for practice squads. And I don't know those specific teams, but I think he probably feels how quickly he got acclimated to this offense, how much he already maybe developed a, a rapport or chemistry with Josh Allen. The fact that he could see himself getting elevated at some point this year. All of that probably weighed into his decision to say, I'm going to stay here in Buffalo because let's face it, these first few years of my career in Arizona, last year in Baltimore, hasn't really panned out. And you only get so many stops in the NFL before teams kind of move on in general. So I think this is a big spot for him to be in. And although it's a practice squad, I could see him getting some playing time at some point this year. Um, the the Bills end up keeping a running back on their practice squad, but they go with Ty Johnson. Obviously must have been impressed with his uh, audition briefly in the Bears game. And it's funny, Darrington Evans, who spent the majority of the summer with the Bills, he goes out there, has this explosive 35-yard touchdown run, and shout-out to Kyle Gauger uh, in the comments. He said it's the only 11 p.m. text message he gets shout insider text that he doesn't get mad at for waking him up. We appreciate you, Kyle. We'll try not to send too many of those to everybody. But um, Darrington Evans, not only does he not sign back to the Bills practice squad, he is not signed back to anywhere yet. So it's kind of going to be sit on your hands, wait and see. Listen, I've liked – it was a, kind of a ho-hum summer for the most part from Evans. But I do think that, you know, he had – she showed some real juice against the Bears. A lot of it came against third stringers, and I think that gets baked into it like everybody uh, – like we always talk about – uh, but, you know, I don't know what the future holds for Evans. And, and the Bills obviously liked enough what they saw from Johnson. Yeah, and Johnson was someone that's been hanging on roster, spent three years with the Jets before getting cut after uh, tearing his peck this offseason. He's someone that you can count on on special teams if you elevate him, which uh, anytime one of these backs will get elevated to this roster, if you can, the more you can do, the better it's going to be for your chances of getting a jersey on game day. And, he played, I think it was 192 special team snaps uh, last year. So he's someone that's versatile in that regard. Someone that ran the ball very well in the preseason finale, came in, um, grasped at least maybe it, maybe it was obviously a more simplistic version of the playbook, but he grasped what he needed to do, did a really nice job with it. And, and maybe the Bills were eyeing him in free agency this past year before he re-signed with the Jets in, in April. So it's possible he was someone that was on their radar. They were high on at one point. So um, that's just how it kind of works out sometimes in the NFL. It's not always the the players you expect getting on this practice squad. Like you said, a Darrington Evans, who was here for a good chunk of the summer, uh, a Jordan Mims, who joined the uh, New Orleans Saints practice squad today. Sometimes it's not the guy you're expecting, but maybe the Bills were higher on Ty Johnson uh, just in general over these past few years. 
I couldn't get higher than I am on the Tops World of Burgers, and it is yours to explore. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burger in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Tops World of Burgers, yours to explore. we got to explore this middle linebacker situation, Ryan, because it it got real – Things got ratcheted up in the old MLB room today, and we got to get into a little bit of it. The Bills are planning to sign Christian Kirksey, uh, formerly of the Houston Texans, the Green Bay Packers, the Cleveland Browns, uh, to the roster on the practice squad. Excuse me. And it's going to be interesting how this plays out because obviously you have Tyrell Dotson, who I think has kind of fallen in, in the competition, which... Is a sad development because he didn't have really any competition for most of the summer. Terrell Bernard shows back up today. He's out of practice. He looks like he's he's going. I mean, he he's over there with Matt Milano where Tremaine Edmonds stood all those years in the in the individual portion, which is all we're able to watch now. And so you, you start to get into thinking like, all right, are they just going to Terrell Bernard here? Are we going to see him against the Jets? We'll have to wait and see and see how it goes. But very interesting to kind of watch how this materializes because Kirksey Ryan. Brandon Bean gave, gave everybody a little history lesson today. He played for the Cleveland Browns, whose defensive coordinator was Steve Wilkes. Al Holcomb was also on that staff. Both Wilkes and Holcomb were under McDermott in Carolina. So Kirksey comes over. Brandon Bean called him a bright guy. He said he he's very familiar with a similar scheme that they played in Cleveland and Carolina. So he doesn't think it's going to take him very long to get up to speed and then maybe deploy him. I don't think it's going to happen by week one against the Jets, and he's also dealing with a, a hamstring injury that's kind of hampered him this entire summer. But a very interesting signing, even if maybe some of the higher advanced metrics from a coverage perspective, tackling perspective, haven't been great the last couple of years. But he checks a lot of boxes, Matt. You said it. Someone that's very smart, someone that has some familiarity with the system of playing for Al Holcomb, uh, Steve Wilkes coming from a, the, you know the McDermott tree, so to speak, or you know coaching with McDermott, uh, former teammates with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, so he's going to get comfortable really quickly in this locker room. I think it's a great fit from a character perspective, being a former team captain, someone that's well respected uh, by his teammates. And he has the experience that right now the Bills are kind of missing. They kind of walked away from A.J. Klein, uh, cutting him. They're, they have Tyrell Dotson, who has a few years in the system, but still very inexperienced in terms of playing time reps, um, showing what he can do on the field on a weekly basis. You know, there, there's high expectations for that middle linebacker job, and he did not have the most impressive preseason. So, Although he's going to start week one as the, the Bills' middle linebacker, you know, the heat's on, so to speak, with Christian Kirksey waiting in the wings on this practice squad, prioritizing winning over everything else, knowing that if the Bills continue to struggle at that position, it's just a matter of time before he doesn't just get elevated from the practice squad. He gets signed to the main roster and someone else gets let go, and that becomes his job. So the pressure's on Tyrell Dodson. It's on Terrell Bernard to a lesser extent, who's coming back from a hamstring injury of his own, because if neither of them can answer the bell, Kirk, is going to be that next man up. Yeah. And I listen, I, I also want to 
temper expectations for for Kirksey a little bit. Like he's a competitive guy. I think mm-hmm. playing in the Bills defense will actually be super up an upgrade for him. Like I think he'll have more talent around him, which I think could help him in this situation. Playing alongside Matt Milano could also be something that unlocks him. You mentioned Poyer and Micah Hyde. There's that familiarity with them as well. But to me, these all could be just precursors to what eventually just becomes getting the best player on the field. And maybe that's Dorian Williams at some point this season where you just say, you know what? It can't all be perfect, right? Like everybody is not going to fit into this perfect little capsule where, you know, they're great with the uh, pre-snap responsibilities, post-snap responsibilities, uh, production and coverage, good tackler, you know, good blitzer. Like you're not going to check every box, but how many, which player can check the most boxes? And if you get to a point in the season where you have two or three of these other guys that aren't getting the job done, then turn the turn the job over and just see what it looks like, at least for a little while with Dorian Williams. Yeah, I'm all for that, Matt. And, and starting the, you know, the transition to just letting him play middle linebacker, I would be all for it if that's what the Bills decide to do. Get him those reps, get him those snaps there, let him get comfortable and, at some point during the middle of the season, kind of handed off to him. Kirksey gives you that insurance policy, though, in terms of the veteran presence. Like you said, it's not going to be perfect with Kirksey out there either. Um, he has not been a PFF darling, pro football focused darling, in terms of some of his metrics, but he's a step up from what they probably had after a very underwhelming preseason uh, with this middle linebacker competition. So I'm excited to at least see what he can do when he gets on the field. It is kind of like AJ Klein a few years ago where, man, he got on the field and, and there were a lot of mistakes at first and you were wondering how long it was going to last, but then he gets comfortable. They figure out how to utilize him. Um, they start blitzing him a little bit and playing him in different ways. I'm not saying that's what Kirksey's role is going to be, but I think that he is kind of a stopgap until Dorian Williams is ready or until the Bills can come up with a really solid plan there for that position where I think maybe that's the one area where you look at this roster, that's the biggest question mark going into the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think like this is probably the end of the line for A.J. Klein, a guy that you know has had a lot of meaningful – I don't want to even say snaps, but like impact on the bills over the years since he came with uh, a couple years ago, played for Sean McDermott in Carolina. I thought, you know, made things at least a bit interesting as the bills were just losing linebackers left and right over the course of the summer. But I think Ryan, what we saw was just a player that athletically has lost enough to where, I don't know if you could even trust him in a game to play an extended amount of time and like I almost feel like over the summer like yeah he'll 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 ramp up right like he'll get back to a place where you could at least depend on him in spurts as a depth linebacker and I don't know maybe the Bills just saw it where all right we're going to cut him because there just isn't enough left in the tank same with a David Questenberry that you know you just move in a different direction because it's just it's not meeting the, the minimum standard that you need for them to be effective on the field. Yeah, father time is undefeated, and and AJ Klein out there at times, you know, looked like he had clearly lost a few steps. There was one play in the final preseason game where it looked like he was well behind the play, and and almost looked like he was he was covering a different play altogether at one point. So it wasn't very good at times. And and as much as this coaching staff respects him, respects the amount of work he's put in for them throughout his career, you have to know when it is time to move on from certain veterans and. Uh, after seeing Klein on the field this summer, after seeing how long he sat on that free agent market, 
Uh, in the spring, I think they realized that this is probably the end of the road for him, at least here in Buffalo. So let's get to quarterback real quick, too, because the Bills bring back Kyle Allen. And, you know, I felt like Brandon Bean today was a bit lukewarm on Kyle Allen. He said he did some good things. There was obviously some things that weren't as good. And, you know, he said he referenced the conversation he had with Case Keenum last year where Case didn't really even a veteran like Keenum, who'd been in the league over a decade, said he, he didn't feel like he even really had a, a strong grasp of the playbook, the offense till like mid midpoint of the season. So I think that in the back of their head, they're like, all right, there's only the only place you can go with Allen is probably up from here, but he didn't mince words. He said they're, they're probably bringing in some competition for him. You look at uh, that last spot on the practice squad. They say that uh, he said that they're kind of working on something right now. And I'm kind of thinking like, you know, Matt Corral is a name that's kind of out there, right? Because he just got released. Uh, I don't know if he signed on with anybody yet. If it, if he did in the last couple hours, I missed he'll, it. He'll have to go through waivers. So he'll have to oh, go yeah. through waivers okay. until noon tomorrow. One name, though, Ryan, that I thought was interesting, and let me know your thoughts on this. Jordan Tamu, the former um, Ole Miss quarterback, he got released by the Minnesota Vikings a couple days ago. Got some athleticism to his game, if I remember correctly, the connection to Dawson Knox. And I know that every time Tamu over the years has had some type of highlight or accomplishment, I always see it on Dawson Knox's Instagram story. So I'm just wondering if it's something where if that's if Dawson Knox, who's got a little bit more cachet in the room these days, goes over to Bean and's like, hey, why don't you give my buddy a call? Yeah, I, I could see it because, again, this is a practice squad spot. This is an evaluation type of, of role where give this guy a portion of the season, see if you like him. And if not, you can bring someone else in. Uh, you know, I, I heard of at least one other quarterback that they showed some interest in at one point, uh, based on who was available on the market, but they do seem like they're heading in the direction for someone specific. And maybe it is Jordan Tayamu. Uh, I'm not quite sure he played in those developmental leagues recently. In, in addition to being with the Vikings, uh, at training camp, he's been in the XFL. He's played, he's made some plays at times and he is mobile and he does have a, a decent arm. So, for a practice squad role, you can definitely do worse. I know that Bills fans had their whole list of players that they wanted to see them sign to the practice squad today, uh, that usually those players went back to their other teams. A Will Greer signed elsewhere. Um, and, and now that you look, you know, there are still some veterans out there. I believe Colt McCoy is still available. I don't think he's signed anywhere quite yet. But going with a younger option, seeing what they can do in this system is never a bad idea. And Tayamu's not... Uh, a rookie or in his early 20s or anything like that, but he is. He's about Dawson Knox's age. There's still plenty of good football left in him if they can bring him along, develop him, and maybe get him to push Kyle Allen uh, eventually maybe for that quarterback two spot. Um, another little bit of an update, uh, offensive line. This was a hot topic of conversation, and uh, Cam Miller uh, with a good update there with uh, Matt Barkley. Um, I didn't see the specifics of his injury, uh, so I don't know if that's out there yet, but he is done for the year. The Bills put him on injured reserve with the elbow injury. Uh, he'll miss the, the season, so the Bills do have to address that position. On the offensive line, uh, was out of practice today. We saw Connor McGovern going through practice, which is a huge um, development, Ryan, because you start to think of the worst when the Bills didn't have an update on him for a few days. Like, how serious is this? Is this something that's going to be weeks? Will they consider IR for him? Uh, he had a brace on the right knee. Um, Brandon Bean, I believe, um, paraphrasing, said nothing major. 
uh, today when asked about the specifics by me, <laughs> the, the specifics of that injury, he kind of like, you know, kind of seemed a little bit like off guard. Like, why are you asking about Connor McGovern? Almost like it's not that big of a deal. So I think that that kind of development is huge for the fact that they want to try to get into this season with their five and see what it looks like for some uh, extended playing time. Yeah. And, and you know, Sean McDermott is always very vague when it comes to these injuries. And it was kind of a, well, you know, we, we got to wait and see. We don't know the extent of it yet. Uh, McGovern, though, kind of played it off after the practice where he got injured. It's good to see that he's back, brace on, practicing uh, with this team, putting in the time. So I think that there is a good chance that come week one or at least very early in this season, you're going to see the starting five that they they envision rolling out with um, early on this year against the Jets and against, you know, um, the Raiders and Washington. So the, the more that they can get this, the starting five out there to gel and work together, the better it's going to be late in the season and during that playoff push when they've had all the, that time and experience working with one another. We've had a lot of time and experience working with one another, Ryan. We're up over 300 on YouTube. Thank you so much. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel as well. Hit us up on the text line, 716-528-6727. What else we got, Ryan? Looking through this list here, I think we actually covered quite a bit of what we uh, wanted to talk about tonight. But, uh, you know, practice oh, squad. No, okay. no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to talk about the practice squad edition, see if there's anything else you wanted to cover there with this team. I thought they kind of went heavy at wide receiver. Um, a few more than I kind of anticipated on this roster going with four different players. So uh, that could obviously be in flux throughout the entire uh, year, obviously, but having four on the practice squad already, I thought was a pretty high number. I thought to me, the biggest name on the, on the practice squad, and he might not be there for very long was Cameron Klein, a guy that I thought really popped for them this summer. And, you know, we got to a point like late in the process where we were starting to see some, some chatter about what Klein like be kept on the 53 before maybe, a Kingsley Jonathan or Boogie Basham or so on and so forth. So uh, that's a name that I'm just, I'm kind of watching. He's almost this year's version of Jonathan in a way. I know that, you know, he comes over from the chiefs. He's not a rookie, um, but somebody that they really like. And again, I said it in my 53, like, I don't think AJ FNS is out of the woods. Like, I don't think that we get into the season and I'm running off any chance of them making a move there. I mean, if they really like Kingsley Jonathan, they want to get him into a larger role. Von Miller comes back in week five and they want to kind of like shake things up a little bit. Brandon Bean said it best today. He's not going to just stick to his uh, draft picks and, and allow that to kind of materialize, especially if, if something comes up, maybe they get Christian Kirksey out there. He doesn't look the part and neither of these other, other kids. So they got to make a deal. So I think that'll be interesting. Also interesting to note, Ryan, the bills lost a couple players and, and this is going to happen every year. When you're a really good team, you draft players, um, you lose players when you have to cut them. And Alex Austin, to me, there was nothing super noteworthy about his summer. Very young player, very raw player. Um, I think, you know, to me, reminded me a lot of Rashad Wild Goose, who was actually released as well uh, this week. And he's bumped around to a couple different teams. Um, I think Nick Broker is a guy that probably is going to stick around, I think was in Houston. And that's one guy that I think the Bills would have liked to keep in house and, and develop. 
Yeah, Broker really came on late in the preseason, I thought. I think he had a good summer, too. But you go back and you watch the games where Broker was playing, and it was late in that first game. And he was pretty late in all three games, but he was winning a lot of his reps. He looked like a very promising candidate for this practice squad, someone that absolutely needed to add some muscle to his frame. And that's typically what players do between year one and year two in their first year on a roster, hitting that weight room bulking up, playing more, you know, getting the NFL size. But he really did show some promise uh, late this summer. And obviously the the Texans saw, they claim him, they bring him in. Um, you mentioned Alex, Alex Austin. So this plays a part in it. You, the Bills draft these guys late in round seven. Uh, I think they made like three trade backs on day three, like between round six and seven to acquire picks. And to get guys like this in because they know that come practice squad time, a lot of guys aren't going to come to the Bills or sign with the Bills because their agents are going to say, hey, there's really a slim chance for you to make this roster. It's going to be difficult for you to, to get on here. And that's kind of what the Bills use those late round picks for. Guys that we would like to bring in and develop on our practice squad, ideally, but they keep having those guys get claimed elsewhere. Let's see, we have a super chat here, Matt. Bring it up. Bring it up. All right. Kyle. Wow, Kyle is an insider, and he's dropping a ten spot in the in the live show. Kyle, you are a legendary shout, uh, Bills insider. What's up, buddy? Football and pumpkin spice lattes. It's that time of year again. Always appreciate the content, gentlemen. Uh, go Bills, of course, from Kyle Gauger. Uh, really interactive in the chat too. I mean, listen, Ryan. One thing we were, I was talking to our boss about today was like we're up almost to 350 text insiders. And it's amazing. Um, we've tried to really have that interactive, like conversation back and forth with everybody. Eventually, as this thing continues to grow, we don't know what it's going to look like. We're probably going to have to like, you know, curate a lot of that stuff and bring it more into the podcast where we answer it there as opposed to the one-on-one -on -one interaction. But for as long as we can, we're going to keep doing it because we, we have a great time doing it. Yeah. And like, you know, you, you build those relationships with the Bills fans. I always look forward to responding to questions that a lot of great questions come through there throughout the week, sometimes right after we've done a live show. So we kind of uh, respond directly to them. Loving this Bills insider text line, Matt. Uh, and I'm loving uh, the fact that you could quench your thirst for savings by heading over to Tops. Get $5 in cool cash. Get one point for every $1 you spend on the brands that you love right now for a couple more days until September 2nd. Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Polar, Gold Peak, Gatorade, Tim Hortons, Red Bull, and Dunkin', and many more. Every 35 points is equal to $5 in cool cash. Ask your cashier to redeem your points for a coupon offer. Your next shopping trip ryan we're going back to wing nuts and actually we're not only going back to wing nuts we are going to room 40 and wing nuts in amherst 1402 miller's port boom it's coming september 16th tell them about it yeah cannot wait new location bills mafia if you have not been to wing nuts yet join us at their new location uh, near UB, great spot, a Marriott nearby if you're coming from out of town for that home opener. So join us that Saturday night for some outstanding wings, best wings in Buffalo, and our live shout podcast. Uh, we go there at least once a month throughout the entire calendar year. So join us for our first show at their new location. Um, yeah, so the Room 40 thing, it's funny, it's a little joke, but there's actually a Room 40, like Room 40 40 at wing nuts they actually made one 
so you can go see it. Um, also in the comments, some people like want you to get in on the on the transitions, and I gotta let them in on a little secret. Ryan's not about that transition life, okay? Ryan's not about that that reads life either. We got some feedback on one of your reads that said it was a little stiff, Ryan. A little stiff. Gotta we gotta loosen you up a little bit, my mm. friend. Yeah, well. I, I've heard uh, a little bit stiff. I've heard some other reviews, so I, I definitely have to work on my transition game for sure. What was the comment? It was. Um, it felt like I was watching a '90s infomercial for a, like a one eight hundred or maybe even a one nine hundred number. Ryan, I'm charging. I'm not going for those one eight hundred rates, man. I'm, I'm going. Uh, I'm, I'm charging per minute. So at least I had that going for me. Well, well worth the price, my friend. All right, he's Ryan Talbot. <laughs> Oh boy, it's it's deteriorating in the comments. I'm Matt Perino. This was the uh, Shout Podcast Wednesday night edition. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back. The Bills are off all weekend. I think we're going to take a long weekend as well. We'll be back early next week to get it locked and loaded for the Jets. Maybe we'll do something over the weekend. We'll see. All right, everybody, take care.